You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Welcome back to another episode. You know, there comes a time in every man's life when he needs to sit down and have a real conversation with a sex worker. And that is what this episode exactly is. You might be thinking, what is a sex worker? Well, let me read just a few sentences from a Wikipedia article that will give you an idea of what this means. Here we go. A sex worker is a person who is employed in the sex industry. The term is used in reference to all those in all areas of the sex industry, including those who provide direct sexual services as well as the staff and management of such industries. Some sex workers are paid to engage in sex acts or sexually explicit behavior, which involves varying degrees of physical contact with clients. Prostitutes, pornographic models and actors engage in sexually explicit behavior, yada, yada. Phone sex operators, webcam performers, erotic dancers, go-go dancing, lap dancing, neo-burlesque peep shows, all things of the such. So, I decided, you know what? Let's reach out to someone and let's have a conversation about this. You know, this podcast is about everything relationships, sex, dating. And there's a lot of guys out there who are working with sex workers in one way or another. Doesn't mean that they're necessarily engaging in sex, but they could be buying OnlyFans content. They could be going on webcam stuff. Who knows? It's a big industry. Not a lot of people talk about it, but it's there and people are doing it. And I thought, let's get down a little bit to the bottom of this because I don't know anything about this stuff. I have no idea what any of this entails. And so we actually sat down here with a sex worker. When I say we, I mean me. And I interviewed her and asked her some questions and just got real honest. A lot of it was my curiosity in terms of how this works. I know there was one episode that we did where we talked to someone in OnlyFans But this person has a unique experience and also tells how they got into it, why they got into it. So this is not necessarily me telling you or promoting the idea of doing this. So just understand that. That is not my opinion. Do whatever you want to do. I don't necessarily recommend you working with a sex worker in any way. But to each their own, I just believe at the end of the day, If you are doing something like that to fulfill loneliness and being lazy by not trying to meet women on your own, that's when it becomes a very big problem. Okay. So, either way, this is more of an entertainment piece and a piece of curiosity just to learn about this whole different culture out there. And you are going to learn that. And we talk about some risque stuff. So just warning, it gets a a little wild in terms of the fact that you're going to hear some things that could make you feel uncomfortable. Not going to lie, some things made me feel uncomfortable. And that is the reality of asking questions, getting answers, which you're about to hear. So why don't we dive into it? Here is my interview. She calls herself plant-based baddie. I call her Parker. Let's dive in. Hey, Parker. Good to have you on the podcast. How's it going? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, all right. Let's just kind of dive into what you do. So for the guys who are listening, explain to us and them, what is it that you do? How do you make your your money? And how did you get into all this? So I am an OnlyFans creator. And I am also a teacher of OnlyFans and fetish item selling. And I kind of fell into it. Um, Funny enough, I heard a podcast about panty selling last year and started listening to it and got absolutely addicted and became obsessed with learning more about um, the fetish industry and panty selling and all of this. And that kind of segued into starting an OnlyFans because the podcast host started one as well. So we kind of went on that journey together earlier this year because of COVID. But I've been in the adult entertainment industry for 10 years. 
So this year was kind of a natural progression. <laughs> COVID jump started everything though. Got it. Got it. And tell us what you were doing before that. So I'm a bartender and then I was an exotic dancer. Okay, got it. How many years ago was that? When did you start doing that? I'm going to age myself right now, but almost 11. Just do it. <laughs> Over 10 years. Okay. Can I ask how old you are now so we can get an idea of when this all started? I you? just turned 31. Okay, got it. Okay, 31. So you started when you were like 21, you said? Yeah, yeah I was, tw- I think, 20. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's go back to that time. I'm very interested. It's like, okay, you're 20 years old. What's going on? Are you working somewhere else? You said you're a bartender. Are you going to college at all? What made you get into all this? Yes, I was in college and I was actually in a sorority. And one of... Actually, a couple of my sorority sisters worked at our local strip club. They were cocktail waitresses and a door host. And I was waitressing at a restaurant, like just a little mom and pop place. And really struggling to make money. So they said, here, you should come work at the strip club. Like It's so easy. There's so much money to be made. And I was really nervous because at 20, I had never even been inside a strip club before. So I started as a waitress, moved up to a shock girl, and then the inevitable, which happens to everyone, I started dancing. <laughs> what do you mean? Is it is it a common that that women start working there and then they move to doing dancing? Yes, it's very common. Very common. I'd say... It's like getting your feet wet kind of thing. Yes, exactly. You get more comfortable in the atmosphere and then you see the difference in earning potential and it just becomes a (laughs) no-brainer. Yeah, it's like that emoji with the the money... The money tongue, where it's like, oh, money eyes, like, oh man, like, wow. Yes. <laughs> There's opportunity here. Did you ever feel strange about this? Was it ever like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to do this? This is, you know, not the normal job that a lot of other people do. Like, how did you feel about it in that sense? Yes, I was so nervous. I will never forget my first couple days. I felt so uncomfortable looking at the women on stage being topless. I was like averting my eyes. <laughs> I was walking around holding a tray, like trying not to look at them. I felt so uncomfortable. And it's funny because every step of the way, I said, I'll never do X. So when I started serving, I said, I'll never be a shot girl. And then probably six months in is when I started selling shots. And then I said, okay, I'm a shot girl, but I would never be a dancer. And then another six months down the road, started dancing. And even just last year, I was like, oh, I don't think I could ever do like online, like porn or OnlyFans. And now here we are, I'm a top 3% creator on OnlyFans. So it's just funny how your uh, your comfort and perception changes. What made you uncomfortable about it? What, what, were, what was going through your mind when you said, oh, I'll, I'll never do that. I'll never do that. Like, why were you saying that to yourself? I honestly don't know. I think a lot of it is just society's standard and stigma of nudity and adult work and sexuality. So coming from a very small town, I was not introduced into that. And so it was just more of me being uncomfortable and feeding into the stigma of it all. And then the more that I got into the industry, I realized like, no, this is okay. Like there's nothing that should be stigmatized. This is very natural and normal. And most of these women are literally just the normal, nicest people. They're not some crazy sex fiend. <laughs> like, I don't even know. Got it. Got it. Did your parents know you were doing this? No. My mom knows that I worked at the strip club, but she knew when I was waitressing and bartending. She does not know that I've ever danced. Nobody in my family knows that. My sister knows about the panty selling, but that's it. <laughs> And even to this day, is is that the same? Yep, that's it. (laughs) Wow. Okay. It's my secret spicy life. I mean, because you're out there, you're on social media, you show your face, all that stuff. There's got to be some way it might come back to them. I mean, are you worried about that? Like, you know, I don't know, the wrong person sees it, a cousin sees it, and they're like, uh, did you know Parker was doing this? It is always a real fear. I always stress this to new girls starting to, you have to keep that in the back of your mind that someday, people that you don't want to find out will find out. But my family is all older and they're not really present on social media. 
um, and they're spread out over the country. So I don't, it doesn't worry me as much. I also think that they trust me enough to know that I'm not going to do something bad or harmful. So if they did find out, they'd be like, okay, well, she's smart. So obviously she is doing this responsibly and, and it would probably be an awkward conversation, but I think it would go okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. So, all right. So what do you tell them when they ask you like, how's work? What are you saying that you're doing? So I also have a side gig. I bartend two nights a week. So that is what they think my main source of income is. As you drive away in your Mercedes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's interesting. Okay. Okay. So, so we'll, we'll go back to, to now you decided to start to start stripping dancing and now it's happening. How how how's the money at this point? Is it just flowing? It is it just killing it, or what's happening now? Yeah. So it was really steady. I I mean, at first you're the new girl, so the money is even better, and then you have to you get past that, and you have to really learn how to hustle and make this work and sell yourself. It really is a game of sales and marketing. But once you get that down you're golden. So it's been smooth, steady sailing up until the last year. Okay, got it. So you were doing that. You were doing dancing up until a year ago. Yes. And then that's when you said, right when COVID hit, that's when you stopped that and then really focus more on your online presence. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Okay, got it. Now you said you were doing... We talked earlier you know, before this episode and and you said you were doing other things like some escorting, some girlfriend experiences, things like that. Is that right? Yes. I hadn't been doing that much lately. But yeah, probably two years ago when I was working at the club, I would get offers to go out to dinner, go to events and and whatnot. Basically, they're paying for my time. So I was doing that as well. Okay. So you weren't doing that that soon into dancing. That's something that just started a couple of years ago. Correct. Okay. So tell us about that experience. You know, what what is that like? How much money do you make for something like that? Or is it scary? You know, like how does that go down? So it can be scary. I was not saying yes to everyone. It was usually customers that I had built up a little bit of a relationship with at the club. And it was never a sexual thing. Escorting is interesting because it is not necessarily sexual acts. It can be. But for me, it wasn't. It was just more about the company and they were paying for my time to be seen with me. So it would be, it would range anywhere from $200 to $500 to go out to dinner or to the events. So it was just like hanging out, getting paid to hang out. Yes, basically. Okay. <laughs> but did you do any sort of sexual, uh, I don't know what to call it. It's not really a favor because it's, it's a, an exchange, but uh, it would say paid act. Yeah, no, I I have never done that. Okay, got it. Okay, so no paid act, and but I'm sure you guys have requested that. Oh yes, all the time. <laughs> they How still do now, even that? even through OnlyFans, I get offers all the time to fly me out for a weekend to have sex with them, <laughs> and I just politely decline. And there's no price in the world. No, no, not even a million dollars. Like it's uh, <sighs> what's that movie with Robert Redford? I don't know. Um, maybe a million. I just can't even fathom that as a reality. It's mostly been in like the few thousands range, like 5,000. And yeah, no. Got it. Okay. It's not enough okay, for me. So, 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 wow. So they, they do. So, and then this experience, why do, why do you think these guys are paying for that? Like, who is this person? Like, he's, he's paying you 500 bucks to hang out and not do anything sexual. And it just to spend time with you? Yeah. So I think that most men enjoy the company of a beautiful woman. It helps when they're smart and a good time, good conversation. And I think that they valued my time. And a lot of it, like I said, is built up before. There's um like almost like an in-club relationship and they want to extend that further. But they know that that it's a job and I'm working and I'm not in love with them and I don't want to 
hang out with them for free. So they respect my time, but they also want to spend more time with me. What's the most you've ever made for any sort of exchange, whether it be on OnlyFans or in person or at the club? What's the most you've ever made in, in, a, in a single transaction? Right around $2,000. What was that for? That was for a champagne room at the strip club. Those can get pretty pricey. <laughs> so we had bought champagne and we spent quite a few hours in the champagne room just dancing and hanging out. Like again, nothing overtly sexual acts happening. Yeah, that was a great day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that that's a nice payday. That's interesting. I wonder what taxes are for something like that. But we don't have to go into those boring details. <laughs> okay, so so now you know you're at this point, 2020. COVID hits, are you freaking out? Yes. Oh no. Yeah. What's Um, happening there? So I was actually very lucky that I have my second job because I was able to get unemployment. But girl, I know girls that were strictly just dancing and, and sex workers and they cannot get state or federal aid for that. And if they did, it was a very, very difficult process. So I was blessed in that, that I was able to get some unemployment while I was out of work. But yeah, I was freaking out. That was like a huge part of my income gone. And I'm just sitting at home like, I don't know when this is going to be over. I don't know how long I need to stretch money to last. And it was very panic inducing. And two or three months into COVID, it was in April that I really got introduced to OnlyFans and kind of learning more about it. And I was very hesitant. And I was like, I don't know. Like, Oh, that makes me kind of uncomfortable. Like, I don't know if I could do that. Oh, and, here we are again with that. Situation. Yeah, here we go again with like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could ever do that. And I started out very slow with what I was showing and the content I was putting out. But that was just a true blessing for me. I was able to replace my income with OnlyFans. And now I will probably never go back, honestly. Why is that? Um, it is just so much. I don't want to say relaxing because I'm still putting in hours and hours of work a day, but I don't have to get up, drive to my job, spend time with people that I don't necessarily want to spend time with. I can be more selective on my OnlyFans. I can put out the content I want. I can be more creative. And it's it's a very different experience than when you're at the, the strip club and you're waiting for people to come in and you don't have much control over that. Whereas with my OnlyFans, I can control the amount of clients I have. I'm the one promoting and advertising myself, engaging with people to bring them to my page. So I like the control aspect in that, in all of that. Yeah, it's like going from working at corporate to working to becoming an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. And and doing your own thing. Yeah, that's interesting. And yeah, that's true. You do have more control over that because you know, you you don't run the business over there. You're just dancing. You're an employee and Kind of hoping for the best. So at yeah. this point, yeah, it sounds interesting. You just you discovered that, and now yeah, there's no, there's no turning back. <laughs> that's like that's like me when I discovered not discovered, but when I became an entrepreneur myself. I was working at a corporate many years ago, and it wasn't that I had a the same situation as you, where I was like, oh, I can control my money more. But you know, when I decided to create Trip Advice and do this, it is all I have full control. I have full control over what I want to do, who I want to work with, how much money I can make or not want to make, you know. So there's a there's a nice freedom in that. Yes. And just like um scheduling wise too, when I go to the club, I am stuck there for seven and a half hours. We're on a schedule. So once I'm there, I can't leave. Whereas this, I can log on, log off, I can go about my day. If I don't feel well, I can take a day off and you know, post some older content that I have. I it's a lot better for time management for me. How many hours do you think you work per day? <sighs> Probably six, six to eight. Um, it's a lot, and actually, many days it's more. It's just more spread out. I'm logging on like in between dinner and and when I'm in bed and as soon as I get up. But it's not just sitting at a desk all day or sitting at the club all day. Right. Right. Do you do any of the cam stuff? The so cam I have stuff or any of that. I have not got into camming. 
mostly because I don't like the websites take a huge cut. OnlyFans takes 20% right off the top, which seems like a lot, but a lot of the campsites take 30-40% and you're limited on what you can charge and a lot of the content you're limited like you have to some of them you have to get naked in the free chat rooms. And I was like, "No, no, no. I can do way more and charge way more on my OnlyFans and that's what I'm comfortable with." I have gotten a few requests to do video chats. And basically, they'll just pay me through OnlyFans or through Venmo or Cash App. But I haven't done it yet because I have um, a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> and being live like that kind of gives me anxiety. I like videos where I can like edit them if I laugh weird or snort or <laughs> I don't like the way I look. I can just edit it. So live, I haven't gotten into yet. No. Well, according to your patterns, this sounds like something you'll probably get into in a year. From now. <laughs> I should not say never because we know how that goes. Yeah. I mean, you know, you went from, I don't know if I can pour shots at a strip club to now you're top 3% of OnlyFans. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You never know. You never know. Never say never. So have you ever had a situation where you actually liked any of the guys that you've come in contact with? Like you actually had feelings for them? That could be anyone from when you were working at the strip club or when you were, I don't know, engaging with uh, someone on OnlyFans or whoever? Have you ever fallen for someone or or actually liked someone back? Not really. I have had one customer that I've been in like lust with. Like I really enjoyed talking to him and I would get excited to talk to him. Like when he logged on, I would like feel that like jump in my stomach that I was excited. But I don't think it was a romantic thing. I think it was just... You know, I enjoyed our conversations and I enjoyed his virtual company. He's actually one of the ones that propositioned me to, <laughs> to meet up for sex. And I, that was the, the only time I ever even like remotely contemplated it. But And you still didn't do it. No. Still no. didn't do it. Would it make you feel better if you didn't accept money for it? What if you just did it for free? And then it was just like normal. I don't know. I'm like... So I'm a sex worker, but my sex life is very like not private. That's not the word I want to use, but I've only had a small amount of partners and I take sex really seriously and it's very intimate for me, which is so wild because I like do stuff on the internet. How many partners have you had? I think I'm right around 10. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't mean this in any judgmental way, but I would imagine that a person would would look at your Twitter, for example, which is what I've seen of you and how I found you. And they would not think that. They would think it would be way higher than that, which I is know. interesting. <laughs> and I, I'm guessing you're telling the truth, right? I mean, yes. is that the actual number? It is 10. It's not yeah. more or less. It, no, it's right around 10, like give or take. But yeah, no, I'm pretty innocent when it comes to that. Like I've never even... I've never had a one night stand... Been a serial dater, so I've like always had boyfriends, and that's been my sex partners. I know it's like a letdown. People, <laughs> people are going to hear this and be like, "That is not Actually, what I thought." I, I don't think it's a letdown. I bet you that guys are listening and are like, "Whoa!" They probably even like you even more. <laughs> it's just because it looks a little bit different. But what what about dating? Are you dating anyone now? I am. Yeah. How did you meet? How did you meet him or her? Um, I met them at my vanilla job. Oh, interesting. Yep. At your vanilla job. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So then they, they do they know what you do? I mean, I mean yes. how does that work? Yep. So when we met, I was still dancing and I let him know straight up that I was doing that and I had no interest in stopping. And he was either going to be okay with it or goodbye. <laughs> There's the door. And how no, soon did you say that to them? What? How soon did you say that to them? Like off the first date? or No, it was probably a few months in. I don't usually lead with, hey, I'm a stripper. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, you know, I mean, it, it maybe it's something that people do so they can be like, all right, listen, here's the deal. You're either in or you're out. But you waited a little bit. Mm-hmm. Were you freaked out? Were you scared to say something? A little bit because there, like I said before, there is, it's very stigmatized still, even though it's 2020. Everyone and their mother has an OnlyFans. The adult industry is still very stigmatized. 
And it's very taboo to people to even talk about it. So yeah, that's always nerve wracking telling someone new, but it has to be done. You can't build a relationship on secrets and lies. And I stress that to girls in my group that are starting out and they're like, I don't think I'm going to tell my boyfriend or husband. And I'm like, I don't think that's wise. Because oh my God, their other husband, that'd be terrible. Uh, how about... You find out that your wife's... Divorced? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think that is a good idea. I think that instead you need to have a conversation with them and be very open and explain it as clearly as it is to you, why that you want to do this, how it's going to be beneficial, you know, ease their fears, basically. Right. Okay. So this what's interesting is you have been... Or you now teach this stuff. So you're basically claiming you're an expert in OnlyFans and all that stuff. Yeah. So my question is, is what, you just started. So what makes you an expert in literally six months? So while I've only been on OnlyFans for like six months, I have been in this industry for over 10 years. And it is very much the same. The way that you portray yourself um, online and sell yourself is very similar to how you would sell yourself in the strip club to customers to get them to spend money. Like it's very much sales and marketing. <laughs> and I actually have a business degree. It's very funny how life works out, but I, I do have a bachelor's Where degree. Where did you get that from? I'm not going to say. <laughs> okay. I, it's small and I think that will out me a little bit too much. But yeah, I do have a bachelor's in business and marketing. So I've been able to use that and all of the skills that I've learned throughout my years working in the strip club to elevate myself on OnlyFans. And I think that's why I do so well because I really understand the sales behind it and also some of the psychology behind why these men are attracted to you and why they're going to spend more money on you. Got it. Okay. So this has nothing to do necessarily with the skills of OnlyFans. These are your skills that you've picked up that came from your older prof- uh, jobs. Yes. And and it, it all translates. It does. OnlyFans is just a platform to do this on. It really goes beyond that to what you're doing. Right. Just selling your really, stuff. <laughs> selling right. your... It's, it, it's yeah. a digital strip club. Yep. Wow. I never really thought about it like that. Okay, it totally yeah, is because you pay... They pay the subscription to get in the door. And that's basically the same as a cover charge at a strip club. And so the cover charge gets them to see what's on your wall. But then if they want more than that, at the strip club, they would buy a dance or a champagne room. And on OnlyFans, they buy your pay-per-view content. Right. Yeah, same idea. Yep. Probably not as exciting for a guy who's doing it virtually as versus in person. But I bet you that there's a lot of people who are doing it virtually who would never step into a strip club. Oh, absolutely. Because you can do it... It's different. Yep, you can do it anonymously and from the pri- like privacy of your own home. You know, there's not other guys in there staring at you. There's no risk of you being seen by your coworker or, you know, your neighbor. <sighs> right. Oh man, that's crazy. That is crazy. I actually one of my buddies works for OnlyFans. Oh really? And he's trying to get me on OnlyFans because OnlyFans is not only for people who are sex workers. But right. it's for celebrities. Um, I don't know how many celebrities use it. I don't know too much about it. But he wants to get me on there to do the the thing where you know. I don't actually. I don't know. We never had the full conversation about it. But I'm guessing it, it gets you closer to your fans, so I can charge for a video chat or putting up content that I wouldn't release on my podcast or something like that. Yeah, is absolutely. That, is that right? Yep. Interesting. Well, I probably won't do it. Um, <laughs> Just because I have other ways of, you know, doing things with trip advice, but I do find it interesting that it is, it's kind of known as a platform for sex workers, but there's other people on there. It is, and it's it's very interesting. Um, I don't know how much you know about TikTok or what's going on with that, but they um, are moving to remove and ban all TikTok creators that have an OnlyFans linked to their profile, even through a link tree, and even if it's non-sexual work. So one girl that I know, she has like um, a plant business basically where she teaches people how to grow plants. 
in the simplest of terms, but she does it through OnlyFans and she has been banned from TikTok because she had an OnlyFans in her bio, even though it is nothing to do with sex work or adult industry at all. Interesting. So OnlyFans is really now stigmatized. Yes. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, the good news for her is there's definitely a lot of platforms out there that she could do well on and OnlyFans is not needed right. or something like that. Yeah. But but yeah, but for someone like you, OnlyFans is probably the best place to do that cuz I don't know what other place places online except for like cam work or whatever <laughs> would allow something like that. But. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing now more platforms come out um in rival of OnlyFans like Avian Star is a new one that's a very similar premise which is interesting. It will be interesting to see if they're able to be successful now that OnlyFans has blown up and has such a almost cult following. Yeah. Wow. So let's say OnlyFans just dies tomorrow. Is that where you would go? Yeah, probably. Okay. Okay. Got it. Are you comfortable sharing how much you make per month doing what you're doing? Yeah, I make a few thousand. Um, it varies. Some months are really like November was going to be my slowest month. And then I had a TikTok video go viral and gained over a hundred new paid subscribers. So it really is a roller coaster. But this year, starting from April, I'm going to be at about 50,000. Okay. That's pretty good for your own business, working when you want, when you want to do it. Do you ever have days where you're stressed out? You're like, I don't feel like doing this? Yes. <laughs> and I actually. I came down with coronavirus during this. Oh, you got it. I did get it. And I was very sick too. And that was such a struggle because it was still in the early stages of my OnlyFans. And I wanted to show up. I was scared. I was like, this is my only income right now. What happens if I stop posting? Like, So there, I still have the pictures up there. I have content that I made while I'm so sick with coronavirus. <laughs> but I, I still tried to to show up. But yeah, some days I just don't have the energy. And that's why I try to batch content. So that I always have like a stash where if I don't feel well, um, maybe I just started my period and I feel fat and gross and I just want to sleep all day or I have the flu or coronavirus. I have some content that I'm able to post so I don't leave my subscribers hanging. Yeah, that's kind of what I do too. I batch content. I record a couple of podcasts in a day, a couple of videos in a day. It's but not for that reason, but actually for that reason, it does help. But I mainly do that just because I found it way better to produce content or work on something when you're able to work on it for many hours versus mm -hmm. going from, okay, today I'm going to do a little bit of everything. I'll get yeah. a podcast and then a video, and then I'll do some marketing work, and then I'll work on a product, and then I'll do a couple coaching calls. You know, it's just like switching your brain, it's a little bit more exhausting doing that. Yes, it is. I agree. I need to get better at that because I am all over the place right now. And it, is, it adds a lot of stress to my life. I'll tell you, it, it's a skill. I, I did not want to do it for a very long time. This is not something I've been doing for years. It's something I just started doing within the past like year or so. Well, I guess a little bit longer than that. But I've been tweaking and making it better as time has gone on. But it is so much better. Your life is... It feels more free. It's like, okay, cool. I don't have to worry about anything today other than this one task. Mm -hmm. And then you're not all over the place and using up all your mental energy. So it, it's not easy. But I'll just encourage you to do it because it will... Over time, you'll get better at it. Like For example, I do a lot of coaching calls on one of my days. And it might sound insane like, wow, you're coaching that much. But I'm in the zone. I'm a better coach. Yeah. And I can just go boom, 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 boom. And I'm helping these guys. And then like I make a video. Uh, and one day I make a bunch of videos. I'm like in the zone making all these videos. Same thing with podcasts. you know. So it's just more helpful that way. So I would just bite the bullet and, and try to do that and just test it out and see how it goes. It is hard at first. It feels draining at first. Like You're going to be like, Oh my God, I can't. I'm just doing the same thing for hours. But you'll get used to that. And then once you do, you're like, I can't believe I ever did anything other than batching tasks. This like is going to be my my New Year's resolution. <laughs> yes. There you go. But there some of go. it... So here's the one thing though that's a little bit different with my work. I do a lot of custom content and a lot of that is... Um, I'm masturbating and there's only so many times a day that I can do that. 
I can't bust out all those videos at once or I won't be able to walk. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Well, okay. That's, that's a little bit different. I guess equivalent on my end, not every single guy that I work with can always do it on the same day. So I do have to spread out some of my calls on multiple days. Okay. But maybe that's not equivalent. But anyways, I get it. Um, that, yeah. Maybe that's something that... Uh, has to be well, spread out. You can't always batch every task, but the more you can batch, right. uh, the better it will be. Okay. Got it. So that's custom. So what do you mean by that? That's like that's not live in front of a, a guy. It's like right. you have to just record a video and then it's send recorded. That to you. Yep. It's recorded. My most common one is to say their name. Guys like to hear me say their name, wear a certain thing. I do get I have a few guys that are into feet stuff, so they want my feet in the videos. Um, but that's not a, a niche for me. So I don't get a lot of that. But yeah. It's basically just fulfilling their fantasy that they have on a more custom and personal level than what I would normally post on my feed or in my regular pay-per-views. What do you think is the weirdest request you've ever gotten? Well, there's a lot of stuff that I say no to. Like what? There's this thing called stomping where you squish things, but people have asked me to do it to animals or... Oh, God. Yeah. Like bugs. It starts with bugs and then they ask you to do like a mouse. And I'm vegan. Obviously, my name is plant-based fatty. So I was like, absolutely not. I got asked to flush a mouse down the toilet. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. naked or just normal? I didn't even get into asking those kind of questions about it. Because I I knew it was a no. I knew it was a no from the immediate ask. So I didn't even... Whether I was clothed or not, it wasn't going to happen. Every time I think I've heard the weirdest thing... People surprise me. Never heard that one before. I get a oh, lot it's of so like, dark. Yeah, it is really dark. I get a lot of bathroom fetish requests too, and I don't do that. Okay, got it. Not that I really want to know, but the curiosity is just peaking right now. Like, like, just say one thing. Like videoing myself going to the bathroom, but like close got up. It. Like, I don't even know how I'd hold the, the camera. <laughs> Honestly, oh <my> God. <laughs> it sounds tricky. But yeah, I don't offer that. And there's nothing uh, wrong. Like I know plenty of girls that do. And it's good now that I've built up a community. So when I get a request that I don't feel comfortable with, I have girls that do do that that I can send that customer to. So he still like gets a premium with- charge. What? Sounds like a premium charge. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely out of my range. Interesting. Okay, what else? What other weird things? Or let's say this. What's the weirdest thing that you've done that you actually followed through with? I I don't know. I don't really do much odd stuff. My people are pretty vanilla. Um, the most interesting... I try not to use the word weird because I feel like it's like slightly okay. kink-shaming. Um, yeah, I guess um, what, I, what I mean by that is not of the normal request. Like yes. Unique requests or outlier requests. Foot you know, spin. I'm sure you're not... Okay. That's the the most interesting thing that I have been asked to sell to use one of those like pet eggs on my foot for a month and fill. Oh, foot foot skin. Yeah, skin, like the shavings of my foot for a month in a jar. Wow. Yeah. I, you know what I'm wondering? Like, you hear that? I'm like, is this one of those guys who just you know lives in the corner of America? And you know, in a town of like fifty people, or is this just like a normal like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, just a, a yes, guy, an, an average, average guy, street, just yeah, walking around, going to Starbucks, going to his you know corporate job, and then coming home. I think it's you the know? the second one. I think that most of the people I so that I sell items to are just regular Joes that you would never think were kinky little freaks when you met them. But everybody has their secrets. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Foot skin. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, foot fetish is a big thing. Yeah. I I've sell a lot of a my lot of my shoes and socks, but this was, I have got this request and I was like, that is interesting. I will do it, but that's a first. Got it. So, what is your advice? Or, or no, let me ask this what's the biggest question you get from people who are trying to learn how to do this? And, I have a two-part question. And then the second question will will be what women are 
asking you this. You would think, oh, okay, it's probably strippers or sex workers or prostitutes or whatever that are the ones that are going to OnlyFans. Is it that? Is that the case or is it other women? So no. two questions there. So I get asked the most just like, because a lot of these women are hearing this about this for the first time from me. So they're like, where do I do it? How do I do it? And a lot of those women don't understand the depth of it. They think that it's like eBay. You can just list your underwear or a custom video and someone's going to buy Here it. Here comes the, the money. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's not really how it happens. So I, for that reason, refuse to give people the names of the platforms when they first ask me. I, I teach them a little bit before I give them the platform. And people are like, oh, you're gatekeeping. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm, I'm helping them. Because if you just jump on a platform, which you have to pay to be on, and you don't know what you're getting yourself into, you can risk your own safety. You can waste your money and your time. Like, There's a lot of repercussions that can happen. And I don't feel... I would feel irresponsible just being like, yep, here's the list of websites. Good luck. <laughs> so websites like what? Like websites like OnlyFans? No, more of like the fetish selling stuff. As far as asking me about OnlyFans, they just ask me, you know, how to get started? What do I post? And my answer to that is, what are you comfortable posting? When I started, I was barely showing my body. I just wasn't comfortable. And the longer I was on it, the more comfortable with myself I got. And my content became more adult and more explicit over time. But I would never tell someone, well, you need to masturbate and you need to give blowjobs. You need to show every part of your body immediately because that's not right for everyone. And you can make money showing whatever you are comfortable with. And for the second part of that question, it is not the adult entertainers that are asking me this. It is a house housewives, moms. That is the majority of people that come to me are just you know, your regular Sue Ann with two kids sitting at home all day. <laughs> wow. It's, uh, it's, it doesn't shock me, but still it is, it is mind-blowing to hear it every once in a while just to remember that there's something for everyone. And because of the internet, it has allowed us to do things we wouldn't normally do. Yeah. And, and, and tap into... To those things and learn about those things, and it's just uh, it's just very interesting. I have learned so much this year with being on not just OnlyFans but some of these other platforms. I have I'm 31 years old and I'm seeing things that I never knew existed. And when I tell you I'm seeing them, I am seeing them. <laughs> like, like what? Like I have seen girls putting things in places I didn't even know that you could or would or. <laughs> I've learned about all these different fetishes. Like obviously a foot fetish is pretty common, but I've learned about so many different fetishes that I never knew existed and just different sexual preferences that I didn't know existed. Yeah, like even this like very non-sexual sounding kinks or fetishes like squishing things. <laughs> it's like Okay, uh, you understand a little bit of the foot. At least it's a part of the body. So it's like, okay, I, we get it. A lot of guys like foot stuff, but then there's like that there, squishing stuff. Yeah, like, there's you, you know there's whole there's women who their entire account is dedicated to them squishing things with their feet or their ass. Like the the most common ones are cake, like squishing cake with their feet or with their ass. I did a video with mashed potatoes. That was actually pretty fun. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay, mashed yep. potato squishing. Yep. So I squished my toes in a pot of mashed potatoes, um, grapes, which is normal. But yeah, that's okay. a whole thing. There is a whole section of the population that like to watch things get squished. And I, I feel like most people don't know about that. <laughs> no, that's the, first, that's the first time I've heard this. Anywhere from, from food to actual animals. Yep. You know, the mashed potatoes sounds funny, but then when we get to mice, it sounds sad mm -hmm. and and just real dark. Yeah. And that also tiptoes the line of legality. Um, right. Like, yeah. What's and going on there? Another, just yeah. I tell things. these girls, I'm like, 
you can do what you're comfortable with, but don't get blinded by the money because this is the internet. Whatever you put out there is out there forever. And you need to remember while you're posting that this could have repercussions, whether it just be your boss or your partner or your family finding out, or if you do something that is questionably illegal that could come back to haunt you. One thing that I absolutely will never do is race play. And because it's fine in the moment when you're just in this private room with someone chatting with them or making a video, but let's say that video gets leaked and taken out of context, that could ruin your life. What is that? Race play. So, and there's also like religion play and stuff. So let's say for instance, there is a person of color that wants a white woman to call them the N-word or belittle them or talk to them like a slave. That's a whole thing. That's a whole kink of race play. Wow. Yeah. yeah I've heard of um, like, uh, not that specific, but degrading someone. What's that called? Yeah. Humiliation. Humiliation. Yeah. yeah. Hum- I've heard of that. But whoa. Okay. So it's like almost like subcategories of humiliation. Yes. I know a woman that did one with, she was asked to wear a hajib and um, like yell at someone with the, or wipe her ass with pages of the, what is that, the Quran? Quran, yeah. Yeah. And she was like, she did it. And then she was like, I am so regretful because if that ever got out and was taken out of context, that would ruin my life. And I'm like, yeah, that's a real, like people need to think about these things. Because you get caught up in this like alternate reality where cash is king, but and the weird things start to become more normal. Yes, exactly. But you still need to bring yourself back to the real world and the real repercussions of the things that you're posting forever on the internet. Yeah. Damn. When I <laughs> didn't think it get get any darker, and yeah. here we are <laughs> talking about wiping really, your butt this with took a with turn. material. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, and I'd hope it just gets to a point where you're getting a request from that, from even someone who is of that specific race. And you think maybe, oh, it's okay. I can, I can do that. They're that race. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, but still, it's just saying those words or doing those acts is just, do you want to do that? You know, like, do you want to be doing that? Even though maybe that's not your religion or that's not your race. You know, or even if it is your race, you know, is that something that you really want to do? That's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I've done one, one or two videos that I now looking back wish that I hadn't done because I did get caught up in it and it was two consenting adults. So I felt fine about it. And then afterwards, I was like, ugh, wish I hadn't done that. You felt icky afterwards. Yes. I felt icky during, and that should have been the red flag. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it gets uh, it gets pretty tough out there when you know the money is being waved in front of you, and it's right there. And a lot of these people are very non-threatening, and you talk to them for a while, and they make you feel comfortable with what you're doing because you're in this little bubble of safety. But that bubble is very thin and can yeah. pop at any time. Yeah. Damn. Damn. That is yeah. That's intense. So what's your What's your future here? Where do you plan on going with all this? Do you want to do this for the rest of your life? Do you love it? Are you trying to get out of it eventually? You know, do you eventually want to have kids and escape it or have kids, stay in it? Like where where do you see yourself in the next 10, 15 years? So I am really enjoying what I'm doing right now. I'm gonna continue as long as I can. Um, for me, I think my biggest sell right now is like my the way that I look, I'm very conventionally attractive. So I have an advantage, I think. And unfortunately, that's not going to last forever. I will start to age. There's not enough Botox in the world to stop that from happening. Um, so I think it will get to a point where it's no longer financially beneficial for me based on that. But I do think that I will still have a foot in the door for a long time because... The more I've gotten into this, the more I realize that there really is kinks for everybody and there's people for everybody. So 
yeah, I'm 31, but some guys like 19 year olds and some guys like 50 year olds, like the MILF like margin of this is, is booming. So I could see myself being in this just even a little bit for, for quite a while. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, listen, it's not weird to hear that a guy is into a 50 year old after I've heard some of the things I've heard today. Yeah. <laughs> I, I now cannot unhear. Thanks a lot, Parker. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, there's like um, on the panty selling sites, there's like grandma, like grandmas. And I'm like, this woman is in her 70s and she is crushing it. And that is... <laughs> She's crushing it. I aspire to have that much confidence when I'm 70, but there are people willing to pay for it. So more power to her. And Yeah. <laughs> She's crushing it. Maybe even literally, she's doing the squish yeah. stuff. Too. We got a seven-year-old woman squishing bugs and 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 just making all kinds of dough out there. Unbelievable. Okay, kind okay, of cool. Well, listen, this was a, a very interesting conversation. You know, I've had someone on the podcast before who who does what you do, but it's just a little bit different. And I feel like we kind of dived in a little bit deeper into uh, this whole world. Because I feel like you teach it, but you're also very much involved in it. And teaching is just a part of it. It's not yeah. just like you're out there teaching it, but you're you're mostly doing it too, right? So yeah, exactly. Got it. Where do they? Where do people find you to to work with you? So if they want to to actually learn from you, like if women want to learn from you, how do they know they can do that? Where do you advertise that? So my website is plantbasedbaddie. That's b a d d i e dot com. And that's going to have honestly everything. That is my number one spot. I have all the training guides there. And then I also have my own social media, my OnlyFans, my panty selling sites. So that's going to be the spot to find me. Got it. No, but I, I, was, I was asking also, not just where guys can find you, but where do, how do women know that they can learn from you? Yeah. You know so, what I'm saying? Yeah, right on the website, I have a tab that's all the training guides. And also on my Twitter is the best place to get in contact with me um, as far as training and mentorship goes. Got it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, there you go. Plantbasedbaddy.com. Uh, I really enjoyed you coming on here, Parker, and talking to us and being honest and just kind of hearing. I think it's... Uh, a unique part of the world and it was cool to learn about it also a little scary to learn about it yeah. some of the, some <laughs> no of the thank you parts. so much for having me you're welcome and uh take care yeah you too